River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts, our first of the second season of our program. I'm Dan, along with James. James, say hello. What's up, everybody? Oh, it is good to be back. We took a nice little hiatus there, got some R&R done, got a a few engagement plans, uh, or wedding plans, I should say. We're getting our engagement shoot set up two weeks from now, me and my fiancé. So I had a nice relaxing time. I got some hats. Uh, we're not on YouTube, but I got our division champ hat. Um, I don't know. I've just been kind of enjoying. I'm past the morning phase. I'm stoked for free agency. I'm stoked for the draft. Uh, James, how was uh, your two weeks off? Well, it's been good doing an internship, new job, all of that. Um, you know, and I, I mean, the the cool thing about the Super Bowl and the Eagles being the Super Bowl and just getting there the very next day Phillies pitchers and catchers reported so like like I'm just seamlessly going from one season to the next and like now like you know like the what's been going on in the offseason like you know I've sort of been paying attention to but I'm also on a uh fast for Lent off of Twitter and Facebook so uh, so I really don't know much what's going on in the Twitter world. I'm sort of keeping up with, you know, podcasts on Sundays. I'm listening to my podcasts on Sundays because, you know, I long for the Lord more than I long for podcasts. So I, I listen to <laughs> uh, the podcasts on Sundays. So I, I've been keeping up with some of the Eagles podcasts um, and definitely the Phillies podcast. And, you know, I, I teaser to Jimmy Beats long shots. I'm, I'm giving you some baseball bets too for the for the beginning of baseball season so well, of course we're in spring and i'm honestly glad you found uh, a sports equivalent of getting over someone by getting under someone so you got under baseball we're all good <laughs> <laughs> i'm stoked for um i'm stoked it's a uh, movie christmas coming up this weekend uh the oscars i'm long time listeners we've done two movies on the show kind of like my old show um but we'll talk about that later because I'm going to piggyback a little bit uh, with that. Uh, I'll get into more detail on that later. But uh, lest we forget, we need to introduce our guest. We have a guest for this first episode of the new season. Eric, welcome back. It is so good to have you. Third time on the show now. Uh, thank you so much for coming back. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure to sit down and chop it up with you guys about the Niners. And definitely excited to talk about free agency and everything that might be going on with that and kind of see what we think is going to happen and how things will shake out. So yeah, great opportunity. Can't, can't thank you enough. Thanks. Okay. And we're back. Sorry about that folks. Uh, you're just going to hear a little, little blip, but we just had to step away for a second. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I apologize guys. My, my dog isn't feeling well and you know, my wife is sick. So when the dog gets sick and I got, I got to take care of it. So, <laughs> So yeah, so unfortunately, that's real quick that, you know, hopefully my dog feels better because this is ridiculous. Like she's just been throwing up and puking uh, for like the last two days. So yeah, well, we all, we all hope so too, man. Um, but no worries about that. Um, my train of thought, as best as I can remember, feels like we're pulling into free agency station. 
uh, Eric and I were talking a little bit just while you were out about like some financial stuff, but we might as well all get into it together. Uh, guys, we have uh, 23 total players that are up for free agency. And fortunately, we have had a couple, um, some transactions and some stances, let's let's say. Um, <laughs> uh, we do know for a fact that uh, Tabor Pepper is going to come back with us. So run it back with our long snapper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also know that uh, third and Juan, Juan Jennings, is uh, re-signed on his one-year exclusive rights tender. So he is going to be back with us at least for one more year. Um, everyone else that is uh, restricted or exclusive, uh, I have not seen that they've re-signed yet, but they are guys I'm not worried about. Um, the only definitive, uh, the only definitive like knows now that I at least I'm aware of as of this taping. We are taping on Monday the sixth, uh, and we have. I just checked my phone while you were gone. There's already a bunch of fran uh, franchise tags and contracts blowing up my phone right now. Um, <laughs> but we do know for certain that uh, in 49er-related contracts. Jimmy G, we are not going to have a Jimmy G watch for 2023. Uh, John Lynch has been very adamant that that is not going to happen this year. And we also know that kicker Robbie Gould, uh, six years, I'd say, is a long time now. He's been in the league for much longer than that. But our, for lack of a better word, longtime kicker is not going to be kicking with us. He has said on record that he wants to test free agency and... Um, I'll go ahead and speculate uh, that he wants to just kick closer to his family. Um, I read that his family has been in Chicago this whole time that he's been in San Francisco. Cause well, I mean, why not? You've kicked in Chicago for what, like nine, 10 years. So I, that's at least where, what I'm speculating. Cause I don't think it's a financial thing, even though if we franchise tagged him, I don't think we'd want to pay $6 million to a kicker. But um, so I'm just going to touch my picture of Robbie Gould from the green Bay game and just say, thank you, Robbie. Uh, best of luck with however long you play for the rest of your career. Thank you for all the memories, man, especially that Green Bay game. But anyway. <laughs> and, and and me being an Eagles fan and not having to root for Robbie Gold right now as a 49er, like, I'm perfectly happy with that. Like, just, <laughs> just because of all his crazy comments that he say, said about Jalen Hurts. So I'm sort of glad that I don't have to root for Robbie Gold anymore and um, – you know, he, he is a good kicker. Good for him. Um, but, you know, you don't say that about my quarterback and expect me to root for you anymore. So I I feel you. I just <laughs> he will always have a place in my heart. We have had plenty of great memories with him. But looking at the rest of this list, what I whittled it down to 19. Um, Eric, I was t I was talking to you. So, James, I'll tell you, um, I wanted to do like a. I feel like we're going to get him re-signed 50-50 and uh, a goodbye list. But looking at this as a whole, man, a vast majority of this list feels like a goodbye list, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, we have so many. Um, pretty much all of our defensive line, except for four players, are free agents. Two of our starting defensive backs are free agents. Um, luckily on offense, uh, Jimmy, not that well, critical, I'm using that term loosely. We had a feeling Jimmy was going to go, so the only other guy there is uh, Mike McGlinchey, and Mike McGlinchey more or less is definitely going to go too. So, um, I mean, I'm just going to kind of open the floor to you guys. I mean, I could just keep going on about all these guys, my opinions on each of them, but, I mean, I yeah. guess Eric or James, uh, does anybody stand out to you? Uh, like, 
let's start. Let's focus it in on um, who we think has a good chance of being resigned. How about we start there? Like, um, okay. Eric, Eric, who do you think uh, we have good chances at getting back, given that we have to pay Nick Bosa, too? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, if I'm looking at the list, um, I think Mosley is a real possibility uh, as somebody who comes back on maybe a one-year or a, a one-year with an option deal, um, just because he got hurt. I mean, it's an unfortunate part of the game and stuff like that, but I don't know that a lot of people are going to be lining up to sign him and pay him big money um, you know, to go play coming off of a of, of an injury like he had. So I think he might be uh, similar to Verrett in the sense that we might be able to pull him back for a, a decent a decent deal that works for both sides. You know, kind of one of those things. I mean, he's got the opportunity to come back, play in our defense, show that he's a top-line corner again, and then bounce out after a season and go make, you know, a real big free agent splash. Um, so I think that's a possibility there. Um, I think, I think Al Shair might come back. I think that's also a possibility there as well. I hope um, he comes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think my- that the 49ers might be willing to spend the money there to bring him back just because he's a pretty, uh, key piece of that whole defensive linebacking core there. So, um, you know, feeling like he's a possibility to come back, um, to Sean Gibson, I mean, he's possible to come back as well. I mean, he doesn't make that much money as it was. So, you know, getting him to fit back in under, you know, a reasonable deal is is pretty good. Uh, I mean, all the rest of these guys, uh, Jimmy Ward, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of split on him. I mean. He's on the wrong side of 30. Like, yeah, he's on the wrong side of 30. Like, I think you could get younger at the position. Yeah, and I just don't – I mean, I know that, like, his numbers when he was in the slot last year, he was good. But, like, when I see him play, like, I always just see him being bad in coverage. So, I mean, I don't really I, – I, I'm conflicted in that because the numbers tell me that he's good. But when I just watch him play, I'm always like, eh, is he is he good? So, I, I agree with what you said, though, James. I mean, I don't want to pay a guy that's going to be turning 32 – when the season starts, I don't want to pay him $12, $15 million a year to be a slot corner or whatever it is that he's going to be. Um, I'd really like to see Ekubom come back, but I don't think he's coming back. I think he's going to walk. Um, McGlinchey the same. We're not going to pay a right tackle $17 million a year, especially not him. Um, I mean, a lot of the rest of the guys are sort of like, you know, bit players and, and you know, rotation guys and sort of, filled in the holes. You know who's not coming back? Josh Johnson. That dude can get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't ever want to see him in 49ers gear again. So, um, no, you don't want to no, see I'm the back of his head getting a concussion at Lincoln financial field anymore. Yeah. I mean that, that field cement anyways. I mean, so anybody's going to get a concussion on there, but that's not cement. This isn't the vet anymore. <laughs> we built over the vet. We got rid of the vet. Like fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I mean, like, you know, like, I mean, Verrett's still on this list. I mean, there's no chance he's coming back unless they're going to pay him in, like, Band-Aids and duct tape. I mean, he can't stay on the field. So the rest of these guys, I don't have a really strong strong feeling on. I mean, like you said, Dan, Jimmy's gone. He's not coming back. Um, and I'm fine with that. Um, you know, there's a there's a assortment of free agent quarterbacks out there that we could bring in that would – stabilize things behind Purdy and Lance if we needed to do that. So 
that's pretty much where I'm I'm feeling on a lot of these guys. I, I'd love to see I'd love to see them bring back as many as they could, just because we obviously had a really good core and it obviously worked really well, and the team chemistry seemed like it was very good for us to do as well as we did and get as far as we did facing all the adversity throughout the season. So, you know, it's not like I want to see a lot of these guys leave and go someplace else, but a lot of them are rotation guys too, that, you know, probably you can find another guy out there for 800,000, a million dollars and fill in just as well. So, well, there's a, there's quite a few of those guys, especially on the line. I feel like that will end up being the case. Like if we don't, get them right off the bat. Like, I'm curious how many of those guys we could actually, like, if they get through the first wave of free agency, like I'm looking at, like, a, like a Ridgeway. Uh-huh. Are, are we going to get priced out of Ridgeway, or do we just have to wait a little bit? Or Hyder, are we going to have to really worry about Hyder getting pulled from the first day? Like, those are like those guys on the defensive line are really the only guys I'm really thinking about that. Um, most of the rest of these guys... Um, I feel like it's going to be pretty definitive in the first 30 days, whether we can or can't keep them. Uh, I did interrupt you, James. What were you going to say? Well, are are they, did they franchise tag anybody yet? John is very adamant against using the franchise tag. He does not want to use it unless he has to. So no. Oh, that's because he was a player. That might come to bite him <laughs> in the butt. That might come to bite him in the butt. I mean, Al Shayer, I think he might command a lot of money on free agency and, I don't know if they're going to be able to outbid anybody on Al Shahir if they if he's because I think he'll I think he did a good enough job to really garner a lot of interest in you know so like if I were to use a franchise tag or any one of these uh, free agents it would have been Al Shahir like I think he's probably the best free agent uh, on this list that you guys have um, and he's he's right in the range he's only He's just under 26, you know, and, you know, he's a, he's a great linebacker for you guys. And like, you know, you pay, you put him on the franchise tag, maybe, you know, for one year and you work out a long-term deal, but that's, that's like, when I look at the free agent list, like there's, he's like the most key person. Like if I were to want anyone, if I were to pick one guy out of this whole list to bring back, it would be Al Shahir, and I would pay him what pretty much whatever he wanted. So I guess my well, and, and to your point in regards to that, James, is you would be paying him a ton of money because if you apply uh, either of those tags, so like if you apply the non-exclusive tag, which is the one that most teams use, it's the top five salaries at the respective position over the last five years or 120% of his previous salary, whichever is greater. Now, the problem is, is that I don't know if they distinguish, and this article doesn't tell me, if they distinguish between like outside linebackers and inside linebackers, or if linebackers are just linebackers, because the cap hit for a franchise tag at linebacker is going to be hefty. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's, we, your, what's your cap? Remember, too, what's we your just paid Greenlaw. You just paid Greenlaw, but I mean... We yeah. paid Greenlaw and we are paying Warner. That's the only thing I would dispute for Shair. Like I that's why I think we're gonna get outpaced or outpriced for Al Shair. Like even if yeah. we franchise tagged him, that's so much money into just yes, the linebacking core. I still think getting Ooh. two of the three for next year though is gonna be fine. I mean, I, I don't want Al Shair to go, but man, he's just it's just going to be one of those business decisions as much as it pains me to say it. I don't want to, I'm not happy that this is going to happen. <laughs> I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. It's, it's 20 million for a linebacker. 
oh god we're not paying that for him yeah okay but i mean like i mean honestly though if i'm if i'm an owner or i'm a gm right now in the market and i need a linebacker that's where i'm going i think james i completely wholeheartedly agree with you and and your thought process and i i think i think you're right in terms of the list of free agents i think you're right in terms of his importance i i don't disagree with you in any way shape or form and i would love for him to come back because i think the three of them flying around back there just absolutely wrecks other teams offenses but unless he's willing to take some sort of weirdly structured deal or significantly less money to come back i just don't i have no idea how they're going to make that i mean could, couldn't you couldn't you put like you know give him a 40 million dollar signing bonus or something like that i mean you could work it that way <laughs> yeah maybe i'm not give him something ridiculous to like four here's 40 mil guaranteed yeah, you know like seven void years at the end of the deal <laughs> <laughs> Like a, yeah. a I, I don't know how all of that I, I'm not a, a certified capologist, so I don't understand how all that stuff works. I do know the Niners are sitting at seven point eight million as of today, um, on their cap. So I mean, that's all the space that they have, which is not a lot considering they have to sign draft picks and everybody and all that sort of stuff. So they're gonna have to rework some deals. I already heard they were trying to rework Kittle and Warner uh to free up some more space. So yeah, here's another thing against Alshair too. Um, next year, Dre Greenlaw is gonna has a um, I'll say it this way: he's got a five and a half million dollar cap hit, and his base salary is four point one, and then in twenty four it goes up to eight point one. A guy that played as monstrous as he did last year is not even making ten million dollars either of these next two years. No, we are not going to pay what Al Alshair could definitely command that much money, if not more. Like. I I think, which again I don't like saying that because I want that core just like you were saying, Eric. But yeah. um, but no, you're you're 100 right, James. I the franchise tag does not is not deserved by anybody on this list more than him. Jimmy Ward I would put second, but even then I'm kind of iffy on that because yeah, you were like you were like you were saying, Eric. He well, both of you. He's on the wrong side. Of, he's about to be 32. Um, I listened to him talk about when. Kyle told him we're keeping you either off the field for Gibson or you're going to be the highest paid nickel in the league. We're going to get out priced for him. He's going to, he and his agent are going to convince somebody to, to pay him North of 10, maybe 12 million. Cause he made nine and a half with us last year. Someone's going to pay him more than that to, to come over. Like we're just, I, I don't see as much as we respect him as the franchise probably respects him. He's the longest tenured guy that we've had. I just I don't know I don't see I don't see us coming to a middle ground for him. He's not going to take that big a pay cut, and I don't think we're going to pay him remotely close to what he paid he was paid last year. Which I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the only other guy I could see getting a tag if we did use a tag would be McGlinchey, right? You could tag him as an offensive lineman. His number would be somewhere between eighteen and sixteen million for the one year. I mean, as far as, like, tackles in the NFL go, I mean, like, that's a good price for a tackle in the NFL. Now, whether or not you want to say he's worth 16 to $18 million a year, eh, eh, you know, maybe, I guess. But, you know, that would be the only other spot that I could see them really using the franchise tag. All the other people in positions just, I mean, I, unless there's some sort of weird rule that, like, if you don't use the franchise tag, like, you lose it or something like that. I don't know who else you would tag. I guess maybe Ekubom, maybe. But then again, you're getting into the defensive line thing, and he's going to make a bajillion dollars because he's a defensive end. So you can't there, – there's so many positions where you could 
theoretically use the tag, but you just can't because it doesn't make any sense fiscally. No, Robbie, I don't know, but then we're paying Robbie six million and he doesn't even want to be there, like even for six million dollars. No. Like, so that doesn't make sense. The only uh, the only kicker I'm ever tagging with a franchise tag is Justin Tucker. Because that man <laughs> is money. So other than that, I'm not tagging any kickers. You all can just go kick and it'll be fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Jake Elliott. Yeah, I would tag I would tag Jake Elliott in a heartbeat, man. Like he's just he's he's just I think he's like Tucker, man. He's just got ice in his veins like first day on the job 61 yard field goal to win it like <laughs> like yeah. yeah but i i get you like you don't want to tag a kicker like i mean nah. you don't want to really spend that much on a kicker but we did we do see how hard it is sometimes for teams to find kickers like yeah. for some reason like there are good kickers that are out in the market that just go under the radar and teams are like going with, you know, these bad kickers. I mean, look at Cameron Dicker, Cameron Dicker, Dicker, the kicker, like, <laughs> like he, he kicked two game winning field goals for two different teams. And like this season, you know, so yeah. this, makes, like, this makes me wish that we still had McLaughlin on um, the practice squad. Cause we had to have him when a uh, Gould uh, pulled his uh, calf or something, I think. Yeah. But now McLaughlin's up here with me in Indianapolis. Um, I think he signed a multi-year to stay with the Colts. But, like, but no, James, you're right. I mean, like, it's – you got to put in the effort. But, I mean, they're, yeah. they're out there. You just kind of can't – I don't know. You can't shortchange yourself when examining them. And I think our I think our scouting team can do it. It's – I don't know. It's that weird kind of just in-between of just like, okay – we're getting over the shock that Robbie doesn't want to kick with us anymore. Mr. Reliable. He, he was so reliable and he is going to get paid by somebody, but like, yeah, well, I, who's, who's it going to, who's it going to be? I mean, hopefully so, we nail so it. Is, let's ask this question. Is he going to get paid by somebody? Cause if you look at it, he's going to be just about 41 when the season starts and when he's kicked for us. So he kicked for us from 2017 to 2022. In 17 and 18, he made 95 and 97% of his field goals. Fantastic. He was beautiful. In 2019, he only made 74% of his field goals. 2020 was 82. 2021 was 87. And last season was 84. Those are actually not great kicking numbers. I mean, but I mean, you're looking at, I mean, you're looking at the total of field goals. Like, like, right. Like we're yeah. looking at field goals are all kicks. That was just field goals. Yeah, but, but I, mean, I mean, but he's I also mean, not good from more than fifty yards anymore either. Yeah, but he also hasn't missed the kick in the playoffs, right? Like that's no. He, he yeah, I'll grant you that he has been solid in the playoffs. But I'm just saying his his time as a 49er has been has has has, has I feel like has a little extra shine to it versus what his actual statistics portray. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but that you know, you generally like what is it? Your, your last two kickers were what? David Akers and Robbie Gold, or was there a kicker in between? Uh, we had uh, that Brown. We had that Browns kicker uh, Dawson. Oh yeah, Phil Dawson. He was great. Yeah, no, Dawson. Dawson did pretty good. Um, we went. I remember the, you reminded me that we scout for kickers. <laughs> yeah, like the thing about it is, people don't realize how important a kicker is until you actually need one. Like, that's yeah. when they realize how important the kicker is. Like, that's one thing, like, you know, the Eagles have always held important was finding a kicker. Like, they always had good kickers, and they were able to scout them. But, 
Like the Niners, you know, the Niners, I think, definitely could get younger at the position. Um, and I definitely wouldn't tag Robbie Gold at 41 to to be my kicker. So. No, no, I um, no, we shouldn't. Um, I'm looking just, uh, Eric, you brought up a lot. I'm trying to pers- go back. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just, there were so many that, like, I don't know. I don't want to be the, like, knockdown guy, but, like, McGlinchey, I... I don't know. Do you feel like, are you going to miss McGlinchey that much? Cause I don't feel like I'm going to miss McGlinchey that much. Like, cause he, he had some highs and he did play through injury a lot of this, especially this past year. And I've listened to, um, I've listened to uh, Jennifer Lee Chan talk about uh, how he was um, talking to like therapists or doctors about like keeping himself health, himself healthy physically, but also mentally. Cause I guess, just it's taken him a little bit to mentally get as adjusted to the game to consistently be as good as we've seen him. So he doesn't stand out so bad when he does like make mistakes or and mitigate just making mistakes in general. But like the tape is the tape and I don't see that big a drop off going from him to uh, one of our exclusive guys, Colton uh, Miskabitz. I'm not pronouncing that right, but um, cause he's definitely there's, I he's going, he's going to resign. He's exclusive or restricted. One of those. But I didn't. I remember when he came in, um, when we had to rotate our guys a little bit when Trent was hurt, and then um, I don't. I don't know. I don't see that big a drop off. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna miss him that much. Uh, I wish we didn't use a first on him, but I mean that's so we're so past that now. But yeah. um, I mean, I mean someone's someone's gonna pay him because I no, we're not. I don't know. I don't see how John would really. We'll make him an offer just because he was a first round pick. But I mean, there's no way we're gonna come close to what other teams are probably going to pay for him. Cause he's got the experience and his ceiling is that high. It's just how often is he going to hit that ceiling? Well, his ceiling is really high, but his floor is also really low. That's the big problem is like there's games yeah. where he plays and he's great and he blocks everything. And, you know, he takes care of his side of the field and you don't have to worry about things and he's blocking the run real well and everything is gravy. And then there's other games where you play where he's got three false starts, a holding penalty and like three whiffs as a, tackle and you're just like what the hell is this guy doing over there and that's the that's the big problem is he's just not consistent now i happen to think that we're a little bit spoiled because we have trent (laughs) on the other side who's just a pillar of consistency and you know nobody gets past him uh but yeah i think i'm in agreement with you dan i think i don't know like if he came back cool if he didn't fine i i would hope that we can find and sign a right tackle that fits in our scheme and can play as adequately as he did and for less money. That's what I'm hoping for. Yes, I agree. Um, That actually, I finally remembered the exact question I wanted to ask, staying in line with the offensive line. Um, For some reason, it's really stuck out to me that um, we have both Daniel Brunskill and um, our center, I'm oh my gosh, I'm literally spacing on his name right now. Uh, Daniel Brunskill and uh, oh my god, where is his name? Jake Brendel. They're so similar names, I get them mixed up. Um, <laughs> but they're both also free agents, along with Mike. I I feel like John is going to try really, really hard to keep one of them because um, I feel like I just you. We, you're aware of this too. Brunskill was kind of a rotational. He was never a starter, but never really stood out for bad reasons whenever he did come in. And then Jake, he was an alternate for the Pro Bowl, and he 
just had seamless chemistry between all three of the quarterbacks. Um, I just, I don't know. I want us to keep Jake because I don't want us to go through three centers in three years because we just had Alex and now we have Jake. Um, I feel like Jake's going to be 31. We didn't pay him that much. He only got paid a hair over a million dollars. I know it's going to have to be a little bit higher if we keep him, but I personally feel like the effort would be worth it and then let let Dan get paid. Dan got more money last year, by the way, now that I'm looking at it than Jake. I think as much as as much talent as Daniel has, the fact that he was just kind of rotational, and again, I mentioned Colton. Colton's going to probably replace McGlinchey. I don't know. That's at least how it's coming off to me. And I feel like if it is, we keep one and lose the other one. Jake would definitely be worth the investment. Or I don't know if James, you have an opinion on that too. But I mean, uh, Eric, uh, do you agree with me on that? We should try to keep Jake and let Dan walk. I mean, I would always. I mean, unless you're, if you're looking at two players that are of a fairly comparable skill set, right? I mean, I'm always going to keep the center over one of the other positions. Maybe not left tackle. Um, but I'm going to keep that center because he's so key to everything that I'm doing there at the line, right? Like in some instances, he's calling out protections. In some instances, he's calling out shifts. We got to have a guy who's reliable at snapping the ball, you know, all of that stuff. And if you just look at it, I mean, he was pretty underrated last year as, as centers go. And he did a great job blocking. Like he was great in pass coverage. He was great in run blocking. I mean, there were so many, you know, you didn't have guys just cramming up the middle, on any of our quarterbacks that played last year. So he was clearly doing his job. So, I mean, I would definitely pay him over top of Brumskill just because I can find a rotation tackle for two, $3 million probably anywhere. Um, but, you know, am I going to be able to find a good quality center that, like you said, Dan, played with three different quarterbacks last year, clearly had chemistry with all of them. That seems like a guy I should be putting money into. I, yes, I, I, I mean, we'll have to see. Like, he got paid only a million dollars. We'll have to see what he's willing to, like... He's not going to get top-tier center money. Like, he's long in the tooth. But, like, I hope I hope we can get it worked out with him. He's really one of the only three guys on here that I think we could actually get uh, re-signed. Because um, I think, like you said, I think we could get Gibson re-signed. John said he wants to get Gibson re-signed, even though he's talked about uh, retirement just because of his age. He's long in the tooth, too. Uh, Mosley, very reasonable. I don't see how we couldn't pitch to his agent. Stay with us one more year. Rehab your knee. Just you've already been with us. We'll we'll take care of you. You'll get paid more than last year. We'll just take care of your knee, and then you prove that you're as good still as you were for those first four games, and then you can go get paid. And hopefully, we get a ring in the process. Um, I mean, same with Jake. He had so much success with us, and I don't. He didn't put anything bad on tape, and he worked with four quarterbacks if you count Josh. And I mean. Uh, but yeah, just outside of that, I mean, the, when I was trying to make my, my list of like who I think we're keeping and not like, it kind of, it kind of stopped there outside of their restricted guys, just because, uh, <laughs> I was hoping we keep Robbie, but Robbie said himself he wants to leave, but, um, but yeah, it's just, that's just part of the business. I don't, <laughs> I wish we could keep more, but, um, well, you only have do you have only... any two cents on him? We only have like just over seven million dollars in cap space, so I mean, he, John, if he's gonna if he's gonna add to this team via free agency or sign any one of these guys, he's gonna have to get creative with the cap. Um, which you know we'll we'll see what he can do with Kittle, renegotiate you know 
reworking him. I mean, you know, GMs do it all the time. They rework money. They rework deals, you know, front end it, you know, a little bit so that they can get more money. Um, they have more money. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's ways to do it. I think, you know, I think when you're looking at, like, okay, what do you really, really need? I mean, you're going to need, you're going to need a, a decent third string quarterback. Cause we, we saw like Trey got hurt. Purdy got hurt. Who's going to be starting quarterback at the beginning of the season. Who's going to be, who's going to come in and win you games. And I called it last year. I said, Jimmy might not actually go. Cause having two quarterbacks is not a bad problem. I'm I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I see a world where Jimmy could still be on this team next year, you know, because Purdy and his injuries and like maybe for like the first part of the season or just to get them through camp. But I think, uh, I don't know, maybe sign Jimmy to a one year backup deal again, get him. Uh, but there's, there's, that's, you know, like you look at the needs of the team, I think. I mean, you guys make great points as far as who can we sign, who we can't resign, who who's going to go. But you also got to look at what happened in the season and the fact that they went through four quarterbacks. You know, they're going to I think, you know, they're going to start to value, you know, I mean, they do value the the backup quarterback position like. They're one of the few teams that actually values that. I mean, look what they did with Jimmy to bring him in as the backup quarterback, even though they had offers to send him elsewhere and they stuck with him. So, I mean, I know Jimmy wants to start, but he's probably going to want to get paid starter money. And I don't know if anybody's really going to come to a number that he likes. And he comes back to Shanahan's system. He's a comfortable, It's he's going to be comfortable with it. That last year was, like you said, Dan, the best year that we saw Jimmy in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think, I think possibly with the uncertainty of Trey Lance, um, Brock Purdy, those two guys competing it out, I think Jimmy might be back next year. Actually, that's where I look. I <laughs> do you want to start? Because I <laughs> no, you you go, Dan, you go because. I have a, a whole different take on who's going to be quarterback for the. Yeah, Packers. you do. So we'll definitely get to that. But that's my that's my take. Is like I I can see John I, resigning Jimmy. No, it's just not. There's so much. There's so much awkward blood. I won't say bad blood, but there's so much awkward blood now that we're not going to pay him. Geno Smith just got paid while you were while you were gone. Geno Smith just got paid 105 over three with 52 million guaranteed in the first year. Uh, Derek Carr got paid earlier today, 150 over four, and he's got like 40 something guaranteed, or uh, he's got 70 guaranteed. Uh, Jimmy's gonna, Jimmy's not gonna take a seven million, 20 million incentive deal again. He's, he's gonna want to get paid. He, I think the Jets are definitely in play now because the Saints are out. He could also go to Carolina with Frank Reich. Uh, yeah, I, the, but he's not going. Carolina's going to pick a quarterback in the draft. If they sign Jimmy, it's going to be one year. It's not going to be a long term. And I think if Jimmy goes, it's going to be north of twenty, though. Like he's he will. I, he's not not going to make less than like twenty or twenty five million at the absolute least. He knows he can start. We know he can start. His injury history is the only thing really against him. But that doesn't mean he's going to go below twenty five just because that's what the position's worth. And we're not going to pay that. <laughs> I I you know 
there was a time there was a time where I mean the Eagles had Nick Foles on their roster and they renegotiated his backup contract to where he could have made twenty million dollars if he would or he could have made sixteen million dollars if he would have won every single game for the Eagles or something like that. Like there's ways to work it where you can make it lucrative for Jimmy, being that Brock Purdy and Trey Lance are both hurt. And, you know, I'm just saying maybe, maybe because the Jets the Jets are a good team. They got a good defense, but they also they got this good offense. But I think, and we're we're gonna get into this how the 49ers are gonna act. But I think I think the Jets are in a win now. They have a good offense, and they want somebody good to run it. I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna go after Jimmy. I I think they're I think they're very much in play for Lamar Jackson. Like, because they know that they're a quarterback away, a really good quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. That's a really, really good team. That really, really is. You talk about Sauce Gardner, Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson, Rookie of the Year. And guess what? They also have Brees Hall coming back from an ACL injury, who was the favorite to win Rookie of the Year as well. So you put a, I mean, you could see Jimmy going there, but. I think the Jets want want somebody more long term, and I don't think Jimmy is the long term answer there. Aaron Aaron wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Aaron's just on one year one year rentals now. So yeah. I, <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, um, Eric, we've, other, we've been teasing it. Eric, please tell us your theory. <laughs> well, one other team that you left off, James, was the Raiders. I think Jimmy could go to the Raiders too because of the Josh McDaniels connection. I think that's a possibility out there for him to land there. I, I think that's uh, I think that's in play too. Yeah, but if he wants the win, he won't go with Josh McDaniels. <laughs> well, like, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. so uh, yeah, I don't disagree with you on that, but a possibility. But yeah, so so you you stole my guy, James. You stole my guy. You got my guy going to the Jets instead of coming to the Niners, my man. So well, you will, you think he's gonna come to the 49ers? All right, please please elaborate please, how this would play out. With please elaborate how this plays out. Yes. All right, all right. So my take on the whole thing is, I mean, clearly they're still having troubles getting him signed. They've just posted a bunch of articles recently that they're going to wait until 3:30 tomorrow to try to get a deal done and tag him. Um, but what I see happening is I see them putting the exclusive franchise tag on Lamar, which would mean that. You know, he's not able to do anything in terms of negotiating a deal with anyone else and that he's just at the mercy of the Ravens. Um, uh, what? Can he? I thought he can. And they have to give up two first rounders if they do. That's the non-exclusive tag. There's an exclusive and a non-exclusive. OK, so, so there's an exclusive the, tag. Yeah, the non-exclusive tag is the one that gets used almost all the time. The exclusive tag has only been used on five guys uh, since it's been in place. It's been used on Breeze. Von Miller, Le'Veon Bell, and like two other guys I don't remember off the hand. Okay. So, so my theory is they're going to slap that exclusive franchise tag on him and try to continue to negotiate something with him all the way through the rest of March, April, May, you know, when we're starting to head into June. So in my world, at this point in time, all the other teams have pretty much settled into what they're doing from a quarterback perspective. Either they've signed free agents, like we've seen the Saints do with Carr today, we've seen the the Seahawks do with Smith today, or they've drafted their quarterback of the future because the draft has already passed. So in June-ish, 
when talks have finally broke down and it's clear that Lamar is going to hold out and just not play because you can, t- you can not play under that exclusive tag because you're technically not under contract. So there's no penalties or anything like that. They, they can't find you for not coming in. Um, I think at that point in time, the Ravens are going to finally realize he's not going to come back and play and that they're going to open up and they're going to start looking for trade partners. At that point in time, there's not going to be that many people who still have something that can they can offer, whereas the 49ers are going to have the ability to send them Trey Lance and a number one pick in next year's draft, maybe a number two pick in next year's draft, or, I mean, a second-round pick, you know, a first-round pick, second-round pick, um, or they could potentially send a first round in 2024 and a first round in 2025 along with Lance. I think – you can get creative with the salary structure. They can, I, I was just looking online. They can restructure McCaffrey uh, to fill up, free up a bunch of space. They can restructure Trent Williams to free up a bunch of space. Um, and they can free, they can restructure Warner's contract to free up like a little bit of space. Um, but I think this team is still built to win. This team is still built to challenge for a Super Bowl. And I think they should just really take, and it, it hurts me to say this out loud, but I really think they should just take the Rams model and just push everything into the now. Realize that they're mortgaging the future for everything and just go for the title. I mean, it worked for the Rams. The Rams went out, they spent a couple of seasons signing free agents at key positions. They signed and traded for Ramsey. They signed and traded for a couple other stars at some other places filled in gaps. They finally went out and got their quarterback in Matt Stafford, which, you know, we can say whether or not Stafford's great or whatever, but regardless, Stafford is a Super Bowl champion. They basically just said, forget the future. We're going to take all of our assets, pull them into now, and we're going to win. And then, yes, we have to deal with the fact that everything's going to get blown up after that. You're going to have this great success so that's kind of what i'm i i I guess i don't i'm not gonna sit here i wouldn't place a really hefty wager on it (laughs) (laughs) but if you asked me if i thought it was a real possibility and that the 49ers were a sneaky team under the radar in regards to getting lamar jackson i would tell you without question that they are because you have to think too if the ravens are going to trade him and they have control of where he's being traded he's not going to the afc He's going to go to the NFC. They're going to trade him out of the conference. So there's only a handful of teams, even in the NFC, that need a quarterback right now. And you have to figure that most of them are going to have something solidified by the time that, you know, June rolls around. That trying to add Lamar Jackson, even if he's as good as he is, they've probably already committed to somebody that they're on the hook for paying 10 or $15 million already. Whereas the 49ers have the flexibility that, if, especially if we can move Lance out in the deal, we're paying nothing at the quarterback spot. I mean, Purdy makes like a million dollars, even if he makes that. So, I mean, we're paying nothing at the quarterback spot. We'll be able to absorb most of that, probably sign him to some sort of a – it'll have to be a fully guaranteed deal, which is the only part that I don't like. Um, yeah, you're talking about at least – the, he's he wants 230 million. He wants the Deshaun Watson deal. Yeah. So, and so like until until somebody's ready to cut that check, he's not going to be ready to sign. And so you have yeah. to hope 
that John and the owner and that the owner has enough, you know, like freaking escrow to actually <laughs> drop 231 million guaranteed towards a player yeah. because that's 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 the thing, you know, it's not oh, yeah. just it's not just is John willing to give the check as well? Does the owner actually have that much money in their bank account to do it? Because it's guaranteed money. This isn't like projecting money out or whatever. Like, this is guaranteed money. You need to have that in the bank if you're going to want to sign the player, which is what happened with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was pushing for $230 million, but he got 180 because the owner didn't have that much money. You know? Yeah, have yeah. The money and I mean – that's yeah, a great I mean, question. A, if Jed actually has that much money, I I can't I can't say I don't I have no idea if Jed would actually have that if he wanted to. Yeah, I don't know either. But I mean, that's a great point, James. But you know, maybe you know we're 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 doing a lot of talking about the salary cap, right? And obviously, none of us are experts in that. But maybe there are things that you can do. I know you can't move around guaranteed money. Guaranteed money is guaranteed money. But in terms of making him fit in the cap and making him fit on the team, I think you can structure his contract to make that happen. And maybe you make that guaranteed money over six years instead of five or something like that and give Jed more time to, I don't know, sell whatever it is that he does other than football (laughs) 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 to to make money or something like that. I don't know. That's That's a great point that you make, James, in terms of the guaranteed money aspect of that. I mean, I knew that he was looking for a guaranteed contract. I mean, that's obviously been widely reported. But I forgot about the aspect that, yeah, the owner has to basically just like stuff that into like a savings deposit box somewhere. Just, yeah, he actually has game. to have the money, and that's the thing. Cleveland had the money. Cleveland yeah. had the check. They had they had all the money, yeah. so yeah, they had to drop. Now the 49ers have a good fan base and things like that, so I'm I'm sure the 49ers aren't like the Arizona Cardinals, like the Cardinals and their fan base yeah. and the way their team is run. So I would think that yeah, he you know Jed has the money, you know, but is Jed gonna say are we gonna put Two hundred? Do you? I mean, so Deshaun Watson gets two hundred and thirty, which means Lamar is going to have to get more, you know. So yeah, two hundred fifty million, right? Is yeah, probably what we're looking at here. Plus, there's other dominoes that need to fall too. You still have Burrow, Herbert, Hertz, all up for contracts and renegotiation years, and this this year their contract. Who's going to be the first domino to fall? They're all playing chicken with each other. (laughs) Who's going to be the first to fall, domino to fall? And who's going to get that big guaranteed check? Because guess what? Whoever gets the first one, then guys are going to be like, well, I need at least this much, you know, because, you know, I mean, the only person who doesn't really have a leg to stand on is Herbert, I think. I don't think with his what he's done in the league – he deserves a bigger yeah. check than Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. One other uh, aspect of that too, is the fact that, um, you know, I mean, I think we're one of the better teams you were kind of touching on there a little bit, James. I think we're one of the better teams to come play for too. I mean, I think if you're looking for the opportunity to win and win a title and, and have some success, I mean, I think if you're choosing between, you know, teams like the giants or the commanders or the, the I, would, I wouldn't even call the Rams or the Cardinals. Um, you know, the, the I mean, the Bears have Justin Fields. They're not going to move on from him. So now you're down to, like, the path, the Panthers, or even, I guess, the Falcons. Like Or the Bucks too. The Bucks too. They yeah. need a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like the 49ers are going to be a destination. I feel like sending Lance back gives the Ravens 
you know, at least a quarterback that theoretically can start and sort of replaces the skill set that Lamar had. Um, I, I thought it was very interesting that the Ravens got rid of Greg Roman in the offseason, their offensive coordinator. I mean, to me, that says something about whether or not they really want to have Lamar back or not, because Greg Roman did all his great work with Colin Kaepernick um, when he was with the 49ers. And then he basically transitioned and went right on off and was running with Lamar and was having a great success with him. So if you're trading away that guy, like, you know, what, what kind of message does that send to Lamar as well? So I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a great mystery. It's something that I'm, I'm intrigued about. I think. It, yeah. I mean, there, I could see a world where that could happen and I could see where like John would want to, but then, you know, I'm looking at his draft collateral. He doesn't even have a first, he doesn't have a first or second round pick in this year's draft. So, and then we're looking at like, do as a GM, you know, are you going to consider trade Lance worth a number one pick? Because the going rate for a quarterback right now is at least three number ones. It's three number ones. That's, that's the front price. We're talking about Lamar Jackson. So it's three number ones and, and, and right. (laughs) So like, there, for, I mean, for this, pushing my chips in. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, a lot of chips just to gamble. James, we we do have ten picks in this draft, though. They're all three and lower, but but basically to get could, three could we do one, what the Saints did in '99? You'd have to give up your Ricky Williams, draft. baby, Ricky Williams. We could Ricky Williams for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Ricky yeah. Williams for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. How just, how well did that turn out for the Saints? Yeah, you know, I want to see the back. But I just want to see the backfield of Lamar, Debo, and McCaffrey. I just want to see that backfield because if you put that backfield back there, nobody's stopping our offense. No one. Yeah, I I just don't I don't think I don't think they have enough to. I, to mortgage the future like that. Like they, they would be seriously mortgaging the future. Yeah. And you know, you're hoping you're saying do the Rams and F them picks and stuff like that. <laughs> hey, Eric, if you want to be in purgatory <laughs> after the Super Bowl, like the Rams are going to be like, that's, what's going to happen. That's, that's what's going to happen. And you could yeah. do it. If, you could want it. But, you know, like... John would either be the greatest GM of all time or have the most epic flameout a GM has ever had. Yeah. There's no in-between. He he would be mortgaging his job. He's mortgaging at least five years, if not more, of the franchise. Yeah. And he's, well, if he gets I mean, fired, I mean, that guys, GM, Capel is going to be tremendous. I mean, and you also, look, see, you, you just threw out there that the commanders wouldn't be involved in this. The commanders are going to get a new owner. Okay, (laughs) he's going to get a new owner and he's going to want to make a big, big splash. What would be a bigger splash for the commanders to go out there and get somebody like Lamar Jackson and just go all in, use what collateral they have to get Lamar Jackson? Yeah, it's going to. And that would be good, too, because they'd be stealing him essentially from like the local rival, too. You know, I mean, just in terms of geographic ways, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but they're. There's so many teams in play with all of this right now. Like, if we look at it right now, there's so many teams in play that need a quarterback, you know, that 
have at least a good defense or something to build on, you know, that could could do something that there's so many teams in play. Like, John, I just don't think at this point would have enough. At this point, he doesn't have enough. Yeah. Uh, you know what, James? Right now, and that's the kind of the caveat in my argument, right, is like right now, I 100% agree with you, right? If you stack us up and they put the non-exclusive tag on him, which is the one that means that he can go out and look for offers and, you know, get whatever back and the team can either match um, or, or trade him, right? 100% agree with you. There's way too many teams in play. The 49ers have no shot. Where I think that the 49ers' real benefit is and where they where they can potentially win out is in that long game. If they really do put him on that exclusive tag where they're the only other team that can deal with him and this drags on through into the summer, then I think the 49ers become real players. Because like I said, I think everybody else ends up being sort of settled in to what they want to do either through draft picks or money that they've already spent in that free agent position. And I think that puts the 49ers in that unique spot where, yes, to your point, James, maybe they can't offer, um, you know, the three first round picks back that you're saying that a, that a quarterback takes. But maybe if they throw in Trey Lance and two number one picks, maybe that gets the deal done or two number ones and a two or, or something like that. And, yes, I am mortgaging the entire future and living in purgatory. You're also acknowledging the fact that you think Trey Lance is worth a number one pick. Like, I think as a GM, uh, I think I, I think he holds value. I'm not going to say similar to a number one pick. I'm saying he holds value to another organization that would need a quarterback that's supposed to be a starter is what I'm saying that he holds value in. So if I'm the Ravens and all I have behind Lamar is still Tyroid Huntley or whatever that dude's name is, then I'm probably pretty happy if I get Trey Lance back. If I'm if I'm any other team in the league, I, I don't know that I care that much that you're trading me Trey Lance because I'm not very high on Trey Lance personally. Nothing against the guy. I just haven't seen anything from him. And I don't think a guy that has a thrown a football for like three years is really going to be all that great. But other teams and other GMs always like the potential that somebody has. So yeah, that's but I mean, where I'm leaning on that. But right now with Trey Lance, it's like, where do you see that potential? What what film do you have of Trey Lance mm-hmm. and that potential? Uh, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. As a GM, if I'm the Ravens, yeah, Trey Lance, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, you're going to have to really give up true draft capital. That's like, fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> – like, There's evidence like, we can what... play the – there's evidence we can play the long game, like you were saying, because only the couple examples I have off the top of my head, we played the long game with Jimmy. He ended up resigning. We played a two-year long game with Trent Williams and finally got him traded to us. We, John is very patient. He was he was very adamant about I'm not trading Jimmy unless I get this, and then ended up talking him into resigning with us. He ended up whittling down Dan Snyder to giving us Trent Williams. I, he's he was too patient I think with D Ford, but John is a very patient guy. If he has his mindset on something, he's gonna get it done. So, I mean, if he's been thinking about this the way that you have, one could argue it's not out of play. Technically, technically, if we do want to take the F them picks approach, that's not a bad hypothetical. <laughs> this is my – so J- Jimmy B's got his long shot plays. This is my Eric Ott long shot play, right? This All right. My, yeah, I'll, I'll put – 
plus thirty two hundred on it. <laughs> no, it's not thirty two hundred. That's like plus twenty thousand for that. Okay, <laughs> plus twenty thousand for that play. All right. So I'm gonna get. I'll, I'll Venmo you my five bucks, Jimmy. <laughs> and then, uh, and then when you when it when this happens, what does that pay out? That, that's plus twenty thousand. <laughs> plus twenty thousand is two hundred to one, so that pays a thousand bucks. All right, there we go. Yeah, yeah. There, there we go. I, I tell I tell you what, I'm just like Judd. I I I got two. I got a thousand dollars in the bank. Just, just hold it right there. Just wait for the bet with somebody. Yeah, my wife would really love that. You yeah. mean to tell me he threw down five and you gave him a thousand? Oh yeah. But, but you would be like, but honey, listen to the ridiculousness that he thought was gonna actually happen. <laughs> she would not care. She would not care. She would be like, you need to get that money back, or you need, to, or you need to get divorced. That's. What it would be. <laughs> Just, just the pitch would be like, hey, remember when I bet 10 bucks on that NASCAR race at Daytona? Yeah, now I owe $1,000. <laughs> yeah, she'd be like, but I don't understand. Like, you bet. Like, why do you all of a sudden owe more money? It's a new gambling thing. I did it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I no, did it wrong. I'm not a casino. I'm not a casino. Yeah. I don't have billions of dollars just in my stash <laughs> to waste like that. So Yeah, no, I get you. But that's my... That's my pie in the sky. That's my, you know, my wacky free agent prediction. If you want to make something like that, um, that I, I think it is a long shot. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's not something that's, that's very likely to happen, but well, I think I, in some sort of weird world, um, you know, maybe an alternate timeline that, you know, Marvel splits off or whatever. I, I, I think it's there. I think it's there. It's just whether or not all the pieces fall into place. Well, yeah, too. And I guarantee once that tag goes on, odds will come out where the next team he's going to play with. So we'll see. We'll see if the 49ers even make the odds list of where Lamar Jackson is going to play. If that's if that tag goes down, there's going to be odds of where Lamar Jackson is going to play next because of all that entails. And, you know, we may get 49er odds, maybe, and we'll see what they are. And then you can bet on them. And then he- <laughs> <laughs> I I love all I love all of that so much. Um, lest we lest we ignore just one thing that I want to pick out of that that isn't technically Niners related, but I'll always take an opportunity to kick a division opponent while they're down. Did we just discover or just casually just waltz by the the fact that uh, <laughs> you said that the Cardinals only didn't give them that much money because they didn't have that much money on hand? You're telling me that the owner of the Cardinals who had what three or four F's on that player review of the team facility and treatment of uh, just the overall everything off the field is also so cheap. Is that cheap? The team that made the players pay for their meals couldn't pay their quarterback a fully guaranteed salary. I'm yeah. just, I'm, baff- I'm baffled. <laughs> I, know. I know. Like, and for some reason, when you criticize that owner and like, say like he, he's just a cheap owner and doesn't spend people say, well, he really wants to win. Well, really? Does he like Ed DeBartolo? First of all, all due respect, Ed DeBartolo showed everybody how it's freaking done. Like, let's just say that right now, 49ers history, Ed DeBartolo showed everybody how it's done. He's the only other owner other than Robert Kraft. And, you know, Robert Kraft is who he is. He had Tom Brady for years, but Ed DeBartolo Jr. was no slouch, man. He spent money on his players. 
not just salary-wise, but they were flying first class everywhere they went. Each player had their own individual room. He won five Super Bowls doing that. Jerry, I'm – not the not that they're getting the returns on the football side of it, but on the personnel player that side of it, I mean you kind of got to give it to Jerry a little bit. Like he, he he genuinely loves his team and his players. I'm not saying that it, he's a little crazy because he is. I'm not saying they got any Super Bowls since but I was the born. Was I'm just the, saying I'm just saying Jerry Jones likes to take care of his players too. Let's give him a little bit of credit for that. He likes to take care of his players. He just doesn't know how to build a roster. Ed DeBartolo yes. wasn't the GM. The G, Ed DeBartolo, like the players are like, we want this, we want this. Ed DeBartolo is like, okay, we'll give it to you. Let's see what you can do. They won 18 straight road games because each individual player had their own room and they flew first class, right? So. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, so, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he's I'm not saying that Jerry's better. I just wanted to say, like, let's just <laughs> if we're playing fair, Jerry's not a bad owner. He's a bad GM. <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah, to, to your point earlier, James, I was over here Googling how much is Jed York worth. Right. So Jed himself is not worth really a hill of beans. I mean, he's worth two hundred million dollars, which I say that like I'm worth millions of dollars, which I'm really <laughs> um, but uh, I'm talking to you guys on like a 10 year old iPad for sakes um but uh denise york is worth 1.1 billion with a b dollars so he, he married hey, honey hey honey can I, can I borrow some money please yeah. there's this guy this in baltimore guy. I, yeah. there's this guy in baltimore i think we can get yeah. borrow approximately 275 million dollars what are you gonna do with it I'm going to put it in a bag and stuff it in the corner of the room. <laughs> so, and then the 49ers themselves are worth about $4 billion. So, I mean, I guess you would just, I mean, I guess you could probably take out a loan, right? Can you like take out a loan versus the value of your team and set that money aside? I mean, I don't know. How, I'm, I'm not rich enough to know. Would you, would you take out, would you seriously take out a loan against your own team the sign of quarterback yes. who hasn't won a playoff game. He hasn't won a he playoff will. game. He will. Oh, my he gosh. Will for us. He will it, would, for us. it would be on brand for us to get a quarterback that puts himself in a dangerous position and is a, as high injury risk as Jimmy, if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying he – I don't know how bad. Maybe he exaggerated his knee a little bit last year because he knew the contract crap was coming up. But now I'm putting my conspiracy hat on. But <laughs> well, oh. well, the rumor that I heard was is that he was healthy enough to play for the playoff game. In terms of like he wasn't a hundred percent, but that like most of the people thought that he could have gutted it out, and he simply refused to because he doesn't have any because it was you know he doesn't have any money on the back end, and he wasn't about to go out and get hurt in that playoff game and then, you know, miss out on guaranteed money or a contract next year. So that's been the kind of like the under the radar news going around. And the rumor that's been going around is that, you know, if push came to shove, he could have played, but he chose not to. The thing, oh, the, I, the, I, I, I believe that I, I fully believe. That. <laughs> and the, the thing working against Lamar is he's, he's his own agent. So he doesn't have the luxury of to be able to work out and play games while somebody else goes around and starts shopping them around to other teams. Like he's busy during the season. So all of this could have been all taken care of 
you know, if he would have had an agent, but he chooses not to have an agent. So we're in this spot where he's just like, I'm not going to play unless somebody cuts me this check. And, yeah. you know, like he's a player. So even though he's his own agent, I don't think he can go around and shop himself to other teams if he's on the exclusive tag, regardless if yeah. he's his own agent or not. So, oh, yeah, that's an interesting point. I don't know how that would work. I mean, uh, from 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 the perspective of being your own agent, it's probably pretty easy when you're like, well. I want $250 million, all of it. <laughs> and, well, well, what else would you take? No, that's it. I just want $250 million, and I want all of it. So, I mean, that part's pretty easy. But, yeah, I guess I don't know how that works. If they slapped him with the exclusive tag, then can he – well, the non-exclusive tag, I guess. Then can he, as the player slash own agent, even go around to other teams – I don't know how. Yeah, Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know how that works because typically in this situation. That would be tampering. Yeah, it might be tampering. So typically in this situation, you would have an agent who would get permission from the team that you're you're tagged from to go out and seek trade partners, you know. And but he's not. He's his own agent. So and he's the player. So. I don't know. Who are you gonna call? That is, that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't I know. know what I mean, to I guess. guess. I guess maybe, maybe if you put the the non-exclusive tag on him, maybe it doesn't matter because maybe you think that enough teams are gonna reach out and call you anyway, so it doesn't really matter. You're gonna get, you know, you're not gonna have to worry about him going out and shopping for offers. You're gonna have offers coming in, so maybe it doesn't matter in that scenario. I don't. I know. mean, it's an interesting they, wrinkle. Oh, maybe they do the Watson thing where they like have multiple trades all worked out with everybody and just you know you just go to wherever you want yeah maybe right. <laughs> wherever they're going to give him the, the 250 i want all of it <laughs> i i'm so tickled by that thought of just like wait how much yeah no i i said it i, I want all of it <laughs> yeah i mean like, you know, it's a it's a wonderful luxury for somebody like him to have right like where do you and i walk into and, you know, demand money from someone and go, oh, yeah, I want a giant pile of money and I want all of it. And they don't look at you like you're a complete lunatic. Right. Yeah. So, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I don't so, I don't I don't think I live. I could ever live in a world where I could demand two hundred and fifty. Like I'd like to try. Like I tried to get I tried to get seventeen fifty for my job and they said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You said I you went in and you said. I want seventeen fifty, and they said, "Well, you know, we're I don't know." And you were like, "No, I want all of it. I want all of the seventeen fifty. Like, no, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, they're not gonna do that. But yeah, that's my uh, so that's my interesting wrinkle on on upcoming free agency and you know a, a sort of pie in the sky dream scenario. And I do acknowledge that I'm mortgaging like the entire future. Uh, for this particular scenario. But I do that under the belief that I really do think the 49ers are win now. And if we had a healthy Brock Purdy, I wouldn't be considering that. If I'm being honest with you, I wouldn't be considering that. But his elbow thing, you just don't know, right? Like, you just don't know what to think of that. And is somebody, you know, after they've had a, a, a half season of film on him, is somebody going to really figure him out this offseason? and sort of really limit his upside because he looked like he had a lot of real good upside, but I just, I just don't know. So I'm more of a, I'm more of a pay for a premium at the positions for the players that I know and believe in 
And I think this is one of those scenarios where you would pay that premium to get a guy in like that. Now, if we were sitting on, like I said, if we were sitting on a healthy Brock Purdy and he had led us to a competitive, you know, NFC division or an NFC championship game. And we, we just barely maybe just lost on a last second field goal to those dirty, by, dirty by Jake Elliott. Yeah. By Jake Elliott. Or maybe. Yeah. 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 Or, or we made it to the Super Bowl and we lost again. Like, you know, fine, let's run it back. I'm good. We don't need to spend money on Lamar. I'm okay. But with just the uncertainty of Purdy and what's going on with him, I, I, I I'd like to see us get that done. So that, you know, who knows? I mean, I mean, you're saying give up Trey Lance for Lamar Jackson, but what if they like if you if you offered Purdy, maybe you would get it then. I mean, you know, uh, if you're really if you're really yeah, mortgaging, yeah, if you're really fine. mortgaging, like you're yeah. saying give up Trey Lance and have Brock Purdy stay back, but maybe if I'm if I'm the if I'm the Ravens, I say give me Brock Purdy. You know, would you would you give up Brock Purdy instead of Trey Lance? And I'm gonna get Lamar Jackson back. Yeah, you get Brock Purdy plus, you know, two number ones, a three, and a five. Yeah, I'll do that. That's fine. Okay. I'll do that. Because then I'm still going to ship Lance off somewhere to get his contract off the books. I'm going to send him somewhere, and then I'll just roll with whoever behind Lamar. I don't care because I'm tying everything to Lamar anyways, right? Like the same way that, like, the Buccaneers and the Patriots did with Brady all those years and the same way the Packers have done with Rodgers. And anytime you have one of those top tier quarterbacks, right, your whole, your whole team is built around that guy. So, I mean, you know, if that guy goes down, you're done anyways. So fine. I'll have Josh Johnson come back and he can sit behind Lamar Jackson. And if Lamar goes down, we're down anyways, and we're dead. Who cares? That logic checks out. I, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, geez. I don't. I don't even know how to follow that up. I honestly, I'm looking at the list again just to like, because I see we're at an hour now. I, I don't really have much else to add on to this. That that was, that was beautiful. And I just, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten my two cents out on all this. Does anyone else have any uh, last thoughts on this before we get to the next segment? Well, one question I would have for you guys, like, say, obviously, my pie in the sky dream, pie in the sky dream doesn't come true, right? The 49ers still do need to sign some sort of a veteran we'll call him quarterback to come in and be there to take reps if nothing else right because Purdy's not going to be ready until late July maybe early August who knows what Lance is going to do right so they need some other quarterback in there who do you guys think that they should bring in to just kind of be that guy that you know is going to probably be the backup to Purdy but you still want him to be like a solid guy in case Purdy can't really get it done like I don't know the third the, I guess the I guess he would be the third string guy, assuming Lance is going to be number two. But I mean, who do you want to be that number two, number three quarterback? I mean, Minshew's a free agent. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. We'll bring the mustache in. Yeah. That's, that's well, not Minshew bad. Mania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's not he's not technically cut yet, but assuming that he does become a they were calling it a cap casualty. Um, sure um you just don't need two starters on the roster for the saints i honestly if we could get a somewhat decent uh if we can get a somewhat decent price for him i wouldn't mind Jameis honestly for like a camp arm or a backup or just some knowledge like he can he can sling it he got eye surgery i'm not assuming he's going to be a turnover machine with kyle i think he would fit in fine with our play action heavy passes he can hand off the ball to 
God, we only have seven people he could hand the ball to for runs and sweeps. I mean, yeah. he's not bad. Uh, Baker, honestly, wouldn't be a bad idea, I don't think. I think under Kyle's tutelage, Baker could really thrive. Um, but no, I since Jameis isn't cut, I would say Baker first. Uh, Minshew's not a bad idea either, though. But um, I, if I if I were the 49ers, I just use up about ten roster spots on quarterbacks just just, that, <laughs> just because of the way the season went. Like you actually needed four quarterbacks last season, so like I might it, just waste ten roster spots on quarterbacks it, just to get a good yeah. four. Can we the thing the that you would have above me is that Minshew would be cheapest. Minshew would be cheaper than Mayfield or Winston. I mean, theoretically. I mean, possibly. That's. I mean, that's just me spitballing. Like perfect world. Like that'd be kind of. I don't know. I think it'd be good to have Baker or Jameis. Like, uh, just the tutelage that they would bring. They both are young enough. They still have skill behind them. But you can say the same thing about Minshew. Minshew's got a lot of knowledge. He was on a Super Bowl roster last year, and yeah. he, in theory, could start for someone. I mean, uh, who would you? Who would you think, Eric? Well, Minshew made two and a half last year. So that's not terrible. Um, I just heard a lot of bad things about Mayfield in terms of his attitude and the way that he conducts himself. So, and there's the whole Nick Bosa angle there with him too. So I'm not sure about Baker. Um, I think Bridgewater. That's a, is, that's a fair point with Bosa. I forgot about that rivalry. Yeah, I think Bridgewater's interesting. I think if you're just asking him to sort of like come in and be like your backup and sort of fill out things. I don't think he's terrible. I think somebody that's kind of underrated is Jacoby Brissett. He was not bad for Cleveland last year. In fact, he was better than Deshaun Watson. I think as if you're looking for just a guy who can come in and maybe have to play four games for you at the start of the season or something like that until Purdy's ready to go or something like that, I don't think Brissett's bad. I think he can play within the scheme and within the system and do just fine. Okay, and I is, have a question. Is, Ty, is Tyrod available, actually, now you say that? He's always available. <laughs> He's always available. How about, how, how about this? If you could get him on veteran minimum to be the third-string quarterback, how would you feel about Wentz? I mean... Veteran minimum? Veteran minimum. You get, okay. you get, you get veteran third-string backup QB money for Wentz. Well, you've seen Wentz play. Is Wentz, I, we both is Wentz we both coachable? have because I follow the Colts too. Oh, okay. So is Wentz coachable because he's got to be coachable, and is he smart because he's got to be smart to be able to follow Kyle's system? So you guys well, tell me if he's either of those things. Because when smart, I watch him play, he looks dumb and uncoachable. <laughs> he does look dumb and uncoachable. He is. I mean, I think about smart, it is smart but not coachable. I would smart but coachable. Smart but not coachable. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know. I think I think if the 49ers really said, like, we need a third-string quarterback, one that's won games, we have Kyle here, we have Brian Greasy here, who was able to manifest good quarterback play out of, you know, good the out of a four quarterbacks, they were able to get to the NFC Championship game. Like, I could see them saying, like, Carson, if you want to come in and be the third-stringer, just in case earmuffs shit goes down, like, you know, I think I think maybe they could take a flyer on him as their third string quarterback. Yeah. I think um looking through this list too, Andy Dalton's on the list. I mean, I think Dalton's a nice, viable backup quarterback. I mean, 
he played for New Orleans last year, and I think they just obviously asked him to do a little bit more than he really is capable of doing at 35 and with whatever, 16 years or something under his belt. But, I mean, again, I think if you ask Andy Dalton to come in and be the backup quarterback, I do think he's a smart guy. And I do think if you're asking him to just throw a bunch of short and intermediate routes or turn around and hand the ball off to McCaffrey, I think he's capable of doing that and likely is going to play for a pretty small number. Dalton's Dalton. not a bad pick. No, that's, I, I do like that. Dalton didn't even make $2 million last year, so he made less than the mustache. <laughs> hmm. well, I like hmm interesting it'll be it will be sorry about that my cats are fighting uh, <laughs> no that's gonna that is a we're another just kind of wait and see I guess because we are gonna have to sign somebody but um yeah and that's fine I mean I, I mean I don't disagree with your take on uh Winston there Dan I mean I think the only problem is that Winston made a bajillion dollars last year he made like 12 million last year um, yeah he might which he is might not a lot be, for a quarterback but he might uh, be a little pricey for sure yeah but i mean you know i think he's going to still want to try to start for somebody and he probably should try to start for somebody um so you know i don't really i don't know how viable he is but guys like dalton and Minshew and wentz even and a couple others i mean you know i i think you know, Mariota's out there. I mean, yeah, okay, fine. I don't know. After what he did, after what he did in Atlanta, you really you, would you really want him on? I, the- you want to talk about a you want to talk about a coachable guy? You want a guy that literally quit on the team? Like he literally just stopped showing up? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he, no, he he gave up on the Falcons when they benched him for Ritter one week. He just literally stopped showing up after that. Oh well, then no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I don't want him now. So, I mean, like I said, like Bridgewater, I mean, he's not he's not a terrible quarterback. He just can't stay healthy long enough. But, again, I'm not betting on him starting, you know, more than about a handful of games for us is, is at the beginning of the season would be all that I'm hoping for. I mean, I think there should just be a big – and maybe you guys can get into this on a different, uh, a different podcast or whatever. But, you know, I really see the season playing out basically as just basically a, a three-way battle for who's going to be the starter this year. Basically let Purdy, Lance, and whoever they bring in battle it all out and see who's going to be the starter. Who really rises to the top and earns the spot as the 49ers starting quarterback? Is it going to be Lance with all of his potential and everything that he's supposed to be and all the all the hype that he's supposed to be over the last couple of years? Is it going to be Purdy with the flash that he had over the 10 games or whatever it was that he played? Or is it going to be, you know, ABC guy that they bring in and that Kyle coaches him up, and you know, let's let's be honest, Garoppolo's not great. He's a very average quarterback, but Kyle's system makes him above average to good. So you know, good luck to the team that signs Garoppolo. But you know, could Kyle make Teddy Bridgewater better than average? Sure. Could he make Wentz better than average? Maybe. Could he make Brissett better than average? Yeah. Uh, you know, just you know, I think those are possibilities. He made Matt Ryan the best quarterback in the league. You yeah, know, like, yeah, he like, did. He did. So, and, and what happened after Kyle left? Matt Ryan went right into the toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I think it'll be interesting this year to see how that quarterback battle breaks down. I mean, again, I think if Purdy was just healthy, then I think there's no question where they're going. But I think with his health as a concern, I I honestly believe Lance is going to get the majority of the reps in you know the training camp and everything like that. So maybe it becomes a true battle. Who knows? 
Yeah. It, I, yeah. <laughs> I, you hit it on the head, man. I don't, I don't have anything else to add to that. Um, I'm seeing what time that we're at too. I mean, we've been, I know we could go on for another hour, but <laughs> we have time. We have things. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, long shots. Yes, we do have long shots. The season's over, but we do have long shots to cover Jimmy B and I both have long shots, but Jimmy B, this is your segment. What is going on? Our first off season bets. Uh, what do you got for us, man? So really, uh, let's go to, um, we're going to go only, only football bets that you can get right now are who's going to win the Super Bowl. So I was looking at them earlier and there's some long shots that I like if I could just find my football app again. Where's, uh, hey James, are you in Philly or in, or in Philly? I don't remember where you actually live. No, I live in Florida right now. Oh, so, you live in Florida? Okay. Can you gamble legally down there? Uh, no. Oh, but that's I, I, so certain states will let you bet. Like Las Vegas, Nevada will take a bet from anywhere. So they don't oh. care about my location when I bet. So I, I bet with Bavada because they're the, they're the ones that I can find. So that's why I give all the all the Bavada uh, odds out here. But like I just I was helping Dan do try to figure out how to parlay um, his <laughs> his things, but um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't really do anything on there on DraftKings because like I'm in Florida and it wants your location. So yeah, yeah. Um, I was just curious. I'll get into why I I don't know why I can't, but I'll get into what I was finally, but I finally will be betting. Um, but after James, <laughs> you elaborate a little more on the, what bets you did end up finding. Yeah. So you got man. So like the only real thing you can bet on right now is Super Bowl winners, and there's a couple long shots that I think are kind of interesting. You have, I mean, the favorites go from Kansas City to Buffalo, to Cincinnati, the Eagles and San Francisco, they're all they're all under plus 1000 like so so if you're looking for something with a little bit more long odds that might make a bet first first and foremost, I think the Jaguars are a good bet at plus 2800. Second year under Doug Peterson, his second year he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl, second year with Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence might make a leap uh Similar to what maybe, you know, Jalen Hurts made as far as his quality of play and just simply go out there and ball. Plus, Calvin Ridley's coming back. He'll be playing for the Jags next season. Um, so he's going to have like a legit number one wide receiver to go against, go with Christian Kirk. So I think that offense is could be very high powered this year. And the Jaguars are kind of like the sneaky, like long shot bet to actually go all the way. Uh, the other ones, you know, Dan Campbell and the Lions surprised everybody last year by going nine and eight. And Dan Campbell, you know, he's a really good leader of men. And we saw like what creating a culture did this year for the Eagles with somebody like Nick Sirianni, you love the guy next to you, go out there and fight hard, don't let the guy next to you down. And we saw Dan Campbell literally go 9-8 and eight with the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff. Another offseason there, Detroit Lions at plus 2,800. I know it's the Lions, but I think they got a good coach that could actually take them somewhere. 
And who knows what they do in the offseason? Maybe they do upgrade at quarterback. Maybe they do go after Lamar Jackson because, you know, who knows? They could they could be very much a wild card in the Super Bowl race this year if you want, like, really long odds. And then the other team that we talked about, the Jets, who are going to be in play either for Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers or one of these, you know, somebody legit because I Zach Wilson is not the answer. You know, he may be able to bag Cougars, but I'm sorry, he can't throw he can't throw worth a crap in the NFL. So Jets at plus twenty five hundred right now before they get a Lamar Jackson and before they get a Aaron Rodgers, you can get him at plus twenty five hundred. They got the defense, like I said, they got the defense. Really good defense with a really good defensive head coach. Plus they had the rookie of the year on offense. The guy who was the favorite to be rookie of the year on offense at the running back. They got a new offensive coordinator. You put somebody like Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers on that team, they're go- they're going to jump from plus twenty five hundred. They're they're going to go they're going to go below plus one thousand. I think if they got somebody like Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers, and they're in play for those teams. They they are they are very much in play for those quarterbacks because they know that they are a win now, and Joe Douglas. You know, he's their GM, and he learned from one of the best, Howie Roseman. And I think, you know, you could see him make a big splash for one of these quarterbacks. And they're going to go from plus 2,500 to plus 1,000 real quick if they get one of those quarterbacks. So Jaguars, Jets, Lions for your outside long shots for the Super Bowl. Uh, before I go anywhere else, what do you guys think of those? Well, I, so I was going to ask you two questions. I was going to ask you one: What are the Browns at by chance? Plus thirty-five hundred. Woo! My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> People do not believe in the stink on Cleveland, do they? Wow. Oh no. My goodness. Um, not in okay. the slightest. And then I guess the other question that I had for you guys, and 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 James, you sort of answered it with your last pick there in the Jets, but there's always some team that goes from worst to first you know, in their division, like every season, right? So I was just kind of looking around, and we've got Jets, Broncos, Browns, Texans, and that's in the AFC, and then we've got Commanders, Cardinals, Bears, Falcons. Which one of those teams do you guys think bubbles up and becomes the the surprise, right, and, and sneaks away and pulls out first place in the division? Well, I mean, I think we got the NFC East, Probably not going to be the Eagles because the last 20 years, the NFC East has not had a repeat champion. Yeah, <laughs> and, the, and the Eagles have in have the most insane schedule next year. It's a very, very hard schedule. So I don't see them as with the fact that they're losing like eight. They have eight free agents on defense that they got to figure out. Like, I don't see the Eagles repeating as NFC East champions. Commanders are going to have a new owner. They're they have a new offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. They're going to go out there and get a quarterback. They are. They are. That's what the owner is going to do. The new owner, whoever it may be, Bezos or whoever else, is going to want to put his mark on that team. The first thing that he's going to get is a freaking quarterback. And they they got Ron Rivera as head coach. I still think he'll keep him there. And see what they can do with him. And I think the commanders, if you're going to say who's going to go from worst to first, 
The NFC East is always a crapshoot with that. And the Commanders could be a very sneaky team. They have a really good defense. And the NFC East is, you never know. I mean, the Eagles, the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, you just never know who's going to win that division every single year. So, and the Commanders were what, 8-8-1 eight, eight and one last year with Taylor Heineke at quarterback and Carson Wentz at quarterback for a little bit. So, like, you know, if they would have been in the Bucks division, they would have been in the playoffs. So, like, the Commanders, you know, as much as I, I don't like the Commanders and their owner, they're going to have a new owner. It's pretty much a formality this year. And I think one of the first orders of business for that owner is to go out there and get a quarterback, make a big splash, get the fan base excited, and get them going. And then they're going to build around this team. And if you're looking for worst to first, I think Commanders are primed for that. What about you, Dan? I'm going to agree with the commanders. I think that's I think that's the most likely. I don't see – the Jets will be competitive, but that's a tall task to – they could maybe finally get a win against the Patriots. Uh, I don't see the Dolphins necessarily dropping off that far. The Bills I don't think are going to drop off at all. So I just – strictly on merit of first – or worst to first, the Jets are going to be better, but I don't think they'll beat the Bills. I would pick the Broncos because I don't think the Charger, Chargers are always in their own way. The Raiders are always in their own way. If it wasn't the Chiefs, if it wasn't the Chiefs, <laughs> I would be picking the Broncos over the Commanders. Uh, the Browns aren't going to get any better. Um, I just don't, I don't, maybe like a smidge better, but I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, but that division is wide open too. You got the Steelers, the, the Ravens and, you know, the Bengals. The the, it's the bang. It's the Bengals. The Bengals, though. Yeah. Um, the Texans. Uh, D'Amico. I don't think D'Amico's going to get enough pieces to make it really count this year. I don't. I just. I love D'Amico, but I don't think he's going to make it turn around. Cardinals are definitely just in the tank. The Bears. I think the Vikings and the Packers are both going to collapse, but I don't know if the Bears have enough to leapfrog the Lions. Uh, God, that dumpster fire in the South. We just got to see. You just got to <laughs> shake that bag and see who falls out first. I don't. I really yeah. don't know what to say about the South, but um, well, I mean the no, South. The, commander, the commanders are definitely, the commanders are definitely most likely to literally go worst to first. But I don't know. I I don't know. I I feel like the Broncos might be a team we need to buy some stock in because I I think Sean Payton and the new owners are going to turn it around a little bit. And then I I mean if it doesn't, we'll just have to cross the bridge when we get there. But um, I just the, the Broncos cannot be as bad as they were last year. I just I refuse to believe they're going to be as bad. They're not going to leapfrog the Chiefs. I won't go that far, but I just I can't see the Broncos being that bad next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good analysis on both your parts. I think um, I, I, I kind of lean a little bit towards the Jets because I do agree with what James is saying. I think they're going to hit on one of these quarterbacks, be it either Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson or maybe even somebody else who we're kind of not thinking about right now. I think that if they have even competent quarterback play, they're going to get three more wins and be 10 and seven and, you know, probably do some other damage there. Um, I think the Browns are somewhat in play. I mean, that's sort of a Homer pick being from Ohio, but I just think that they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And if they can just get their collective heads out of their butts, I think they can really challenge in that division because the Steelers are still going to stink. The Ravens are not going to be good if Lamar leaves and the Bengals finished the season on an eight game winning streak. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean that they're a bad team. They're obviously a very good team if you can win eight games in a row. But there's something about being streaky like that. I mean, granted, the 49ers were super streaky too. 
But there's something about being streaky like that that kind of like, you know, sometimes it evens itself out the next year. You don't win that eight in a row. You win four and you lose two and then you win four. And You know what I mean? So it kind of it kind of. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like, I guess. I just I think Burrow is Chuck Norris and Deshaun Watson is, <laughs> you know, the you know like yeah that's that's sort of what it is like i think it's joe burrow's division to lose uh the browns i believe yeah they do have talent they do have deshaun watson but year after year after year doesn't matter how much talent is on the roster they sort of figure out a way to lose and you know i think yeah i think like I think Mike Tomlin with another year of Kenny Pickett at quarterback, like Mike Tomlin still hasn't had a losing season yet, you know? So, I mean, and, you know, they have, I know, I know the Bengals have some free agents on defense that they're probably going to lose because they're pretty good on defense and they're going to lose some of those free agents. Plus their line, it's not so good. So, so, but if I was, if I was going to pick a team to compete with the Bengals, I still be more prone to go Steelers just because they have, they have the head coach. And that's, that's fair. I mean, I guess, I guess when I'm looking at the worst of first scenarios, right? Like I'm trying to like factor in like random stuff that might happen too. Right. And you kind of hit on one of the things there, James, in terms of the Bengals offensive line is still not very good. And so can they keep Burrow upright? Because if he goes down, obviously that team is trash. And so that's kind of where I was sort of looking at the Browns there that like, well, you know, they were seven and 10 last year and they weren't terrible. And if the Bengals got Burrow hurt, they'd be able to easily leapfrog everybody else and get to the top. So that was just kind of where I was thinking. And I mean, to pick a long shot. I mean, like all object, all objectivity into this. The Browns do smart things. It just hasn't played out well for them. It just hasn't yeah. worked. Like, they're doing smart things. Yeah. Like, the whole Deshaun Watson deal was like, he didn't want to go to Cleveland. But I'm sure Paul D. Podesto <laughs> said to the owner, he's going to say no when he says no and he's looking at the other teams. Giving the money. <laughs> We're going to do this. We're going to do gonna this. We're going to him a big pile of money <laughs> not only are we going to hang him a big pile of money but we're going to give him suspension insurance like yeah that was the whole key to it yeah but they were the only ones offering a signing bonus of 46 million for the first year so his base <laughs> salary was only a million dollars so like that's just i mean come on like objectively that's a brilliant move like yeah. that's just a brilliant move as much as it, it is scummy yeah. And it is wrong. Like if it's just like win at all costs, that's a win at all costs move. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. The Browns, people don't realize it because they the Browns haven't been able to put it together on the field. But as an organization, what they've been doing on like the GM side and Paul D. Podesto, man, he's just brilliant with his ideas. I mean, Cleveland was the first to actually pay for a draft pick. They paid the Houston Texans <laughs> for Brock Osweiler. They got Brock Osweiler and a second <laughs> round pick just to take his contract. 
Yeah. That happened from the Browns. They were the first one to do that. I remember when Adam Schefter got the call live on ESPN. He just said, what? What happened now? And so, so they, they have the people in the front office to make the things work and to be revolutionary with their ideas. For some reason, though, they're just cursed and they just can't get it. They just can't get it to translate yeah. onto the field. And, you know, who knows? But, I mean, I you know, until they did the whole Watson deal, I was really on the Browns bandwagon. I really, really was. And I can't get on the Browns bandwagon until Watson leaves and what they did with that deal. But I will say, objectively, they do do smart things. Yeah. And so... Well, I am going to look through all of my legal gambling apps here in Ohio and find one that will let me take the Jets as a Super Bowl pick because you've convinced me in this in this segment today that the Jets are a pick and I'm going to take them for sure. Well, yeah, they. I mean, their defense is their defense is great, and their offense. You put a you put a decent quarterback in that offense. I mean, Garrett Wilson was Rookie of the Year. Brees Hall is coming back. He was the favorite to win Rookie of the Year at yeah. the beginning. At, at, at the end of the draft, he was minus minus 400 to win Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he was he was he was legitimately started having some breakout games before he got injured. So, and they're going to be in play for a quarterback, guaranteed. Well, they're going to get somebody. You know, you keep crapping on Zach Wilson, but I saw him throw blindly from one side of the field with his back turned across his body to a receiver on the complete other side of the field, at least 40 yards down. There's not many guys in the NFL that can make that throw. And no, not many guys that should. <laughs> They're right. The, but the thing about it is the problem isn't the talent. It's the mindset that he has. Oh, yeah. He's a guys. He's a his team, I'm sorry. Those guys do not want to play for Zach Wilson. No. Those, they don't want to play for Zach Wilson. Just the way he yeah. threw his team under the bus and all that. Yeah. Like, he's just yeah. – he, no. He, like, he's yeah, just, he's he just doesn't have it. So – like yeah. I wouldn't want to play for him if I were if I was on his team and I was on anybody on his team I wouldn't want to play for him you know I agree I agree Dan you're supposed to have some picks for us too buddy what do you got I do I well, do you want to do you want to do my other picks before we get oh, to yours Dan you have more I have uh, more yeah. yes yes very quick uh, yes I will say a little because uh, I want to get this. Uh, I need to get this up before like super, super late, but, uh, but yeah, your picks. And then I have a couple fun picks just for movie nerds out there, but yeah. Uh, what's, uh, where are the rest of their baseball related, right? Baseball related, but I won't go over the little parlay picks that, um, that I want. I'll just give you the long odds. So, uh, when I, when I'm first, when the, when the odds first opened up uh, a couple months ago for, World Series winners, the Phillies were at plus 1,400. Now they've dropped the plus 1,700. So you can get them for plus 1,700. Now, like Eric said, especially in baseball, there's always like this sneaky team out of out of nowhere that crawls into it and it actually is in the playoffs. And you're just like, where the heck did they come from, you know? And I think that team this year is going to be the Chicago Cubs. I don't know. I just got a hunch that maybe the Cubs might actually make a run at this thing. And they're at plus 8,000 right now. Um, but every year, there's always a team that sort of sneaks out of nowhere, comes from out of the blue. I mean, the Phillies last year were, I mean, plus 3,000 to even, you know, to win the World Series this time last year. They ended up making it, you know. So Chicago Cubs at plus 8,000. 
then the most stolen bases along Major League Baseball, Trey Turner, because he's at plus 1,200. Now they've made the bases larger and they've changed the rules to encourage more stolen bases. So we're going to see a lot of running on the base pass this year. And I think Trey Turner is one of the best in the league at stealing bases, plus 1,200. Another interesting bet is the American League Cy Young Award winner. Uh, now, this would be weird. This will have to play out if the Angels are actually can build around a team about Shohan Otani. He could win the American League Cy Young at plus 1,000. But you're betting on the Angels actually being competitive, which maybe or may not happen. Uh, if they're not competitive, he'll get traded at the deadline, guaranteed. Like, he doesn't want – if they're not winning, he's not going to want to be in Los Angeles. He's going to want to get traded. But out of all these, if you want my lock for the long shot to hit, like, this is my lock for the long shot to hit. Andrew Painter for National League Rookie of the Year. This guy is, is the best pitching prospect in all of baseball. All of baseball. He's the top pitching prospect of all of baseball. He's 19 years old, has composure just like any other pitcher. And he has five pitches, a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. This guy is sick. All right. They're, they're projecting to be like Scherzer or Verlander late in his career. And he's plus 2000 to win National League Rookie of the Year. I think I mean, I didn't I don't even know all the other picks, but I have been following the Phillies a lot. And I've been following Andrew Painter since they drafted him and at every level of baseball that they have put him in. He has dominated. We're talking about 13 K's per nine inning like whip at one or lower. Uh, he's just that good. And he could be, they're projecting him. His ceiling is Verlander and Scherzer. His floor is kind of like maybe, you know, Taiwan Walker, who's on the team or Ranger Suarez. You know, that's where his floor is. He's still a good pitcher. And those pitchers, if you put, if you were put them in as a rookie, could win Rookie of the Year. And Andrew Painter, I think, could win Rookie of the Year. That's sort of my lock for long shots at plus 2,000. Nice. I dig it, man. Um, <laughs> again, I'm glad you are able to slide right into baseball to move on from the Super Bowl, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My, um, my, my diving into betting... Um, I do apologize for breaking my promise that I was going to make a bet during the football season. I just... I have no excuse, but I'm going to kill two birds with one stone because long-time listeners know we did some movie episodes uh, last off-season. We're big movie geeks. Uh, we both uh, studied film with our higher education. Um, and so I get excited every year when the Academy Awards happen. And the Academy Awards are happening this Sunday, uh, the 13th. I don't have my calendar in front of me. They're happening this Sunday, the 12th. So I decided to try to figure out a way to bet on them. And you and Steve, Draft Guru Steve, helped me figure out that DraftKings can do it. So I've signed up for DraftKings. I live in a state that's uh, gambling legal, I, Indiana. It was difficult to drink on Sundays until recently, but we were cool with gambling. So whatever, I'll take <laughs> it. I'll take it. Um, for some reason, I can't make a parlay. I really wanted to make a parlay out of 
the big six, but I can't. I could just do a bunch of individual slips and pay the same price on all of them. But uh, I'm trying to be a little budget conscious. Uh, so um, I'm not going to do all that with you all. But what I am going to do is give you a couple of my own long shots. There's uh, a few, a couple, not that many. A lot of the time when it comes to the Oscars, you look at the guilds, you look at previous award trends like the Critics' Choice, Golden Globes, things like of that nature, and you can pretty much like figure out who's going to win and who's not. The Academy doesn't really do that many big surprises, but... But they, they have in happen. the past. They have in the past. They happen, like uh, Jessica Chastain uh, taking over uh, uh, Kristen Stewart uh, just uh, last year, two years ago. Uh, Moonlight beating La La Land for Best Picture. Green Book just winning Best Picture. Like, surprises happen. Yeah, and there was the the the, the director that did Hurt Locker because she she wasn't she was good, but they it, I remember Cameron won the um, Cameron won the what's that the one DGA Golden Globes. He won the Golden Globes and like she won she won the um, she won the Oscars for Hurt Locker. Yeah, Catherine, Catherine Bigelow, yes. Um, so again, surprises do happen, but um, I don't see too many. One I do want to point out, though, that I think um, is not getting enough attention on here, the way that they ranked the most likely to least likely. Everything, everywhere, all at once, definitely, that'd be my pick for Best Picture. Personally, it's also going to be, it's also far and away the front runner at minus 1,100. Uh, what I think, though, should be second place, and it's not. It's all the way down at fifth is the Fablemans. Everything Everywhere has been sweeping Best Picture in pretty much everything except the Golden Globes. Uh, I think I think if a surprise is going to happen, Best Picture is somewhere that it could happen. The Academy loves Spielberg. He's literally a living legend. It's a semi-autobiographical film about his childhood. Not that I necessarily think that this upset will happen, but I like this upset the most. And because it's so far down, right in the middle, it is at plus three thousand. So Ooh. if I put a, so if I put a ten dollar bet on it, I would get three hundred dollars back, or three fifty, I think was what yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it's three hundred, three hundred, three, three, th plus three thousand is thirty to one. Yeah, so I get three hundred dollars back for uh, if that upset did happen, and that's the one I'm gonna go with personally. Um, I don't, I lose ten bucks or I get three hundred. I, I'll take it. <laughs> Um, that's my long shot for best picture. I think the Fablemans has the best shot, even though for some reason Vegas and DraftKings think it's the fifth best option. It won a Golden Globe, so that doesn't mean nothing. Even, but I digress a little bit there. Um, some other things that aren't really long shots, but um, I think it's worth noting that they don't have Austin Butler as the favorite for best actor. I still think it's his to lose. I think Brendan's just going to be a good story where he's won a handful of awards. I don't think he's going to get the big one though I think Austin's still going to get it for Elvis. Um, I haven't seen The Whale, so I can't comment on it, but I loved Elvis. Elvis was a great movie. Uh, Best Actress, the same things happen. The odds have flipped to Michelle Yeoh, even though I don't see, I don't personally see why she's won a handful recently. Um, I think Kate Blanchett's still going to win her third Oscar, but those odds are minus 140 to 100. It's virtually the same with Best Actor, I didn't say. It was one, minus 190 to plus 135. Um, I'm not, I don't like any of the long odds for any of the acting ca categories per se. Uh, the, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, the best screenplay has the same thing going on though. Uh, bet, bet, bet on Banshees of Venice Sheeran for best original screenplay. 
I don't know why they think everything is going to win that one. Banshees has won every single thing it has won, has been eligible for. And I say eligible because for some reason it wasn't eligible for a Writers Guild Award. Otherwise, I have no reason to believe it wouldn't have won it there. So you're going to make money when you bet on Banshees of Inisherin, not everything everywhere at once. Not that it didn't have a great screenplay, uh, but Banshees is going to win that. And you'll make some money from that. Uh, one what are the odds on that? Shot, what, are, what were the odds on that last one? Everything Everywhere was minus 150, and Banshees was 110. Okay. I don't know why Banshees wasn't the leader. It should be. That's my opinion. But here is my second long shot, my true long shot, um, like what I was saying with the Fablemans. Best adapted screenplay. The favorite is going to be... The favorite is Women Talking. Uh, it won the Writers Guild Award. Um, I don't remember if my long shot was qualified for it. I think it was. But I think... With it being at plus 2,000 and just who the writer was, it's Rain Johnson and Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Glass Onion did win a handful of awards here and there. It won Best Comedy Film at the Critics' Choice Awards. It's been up for Best Writing for a lot. Again, I don't necessarily think it's going to beat Women Talking because Best Screenplay often becomes a token award of just like, you were a great film. So, but we're not going to give you anything except uh, just say you had a great script. That's happened to many, many films. That's happened to her. That's happened to tons of films. But I think for a long shot, for the spirit of the long shot, I think Glass Onion Knives Out Mystery is a great long shot pick for best adapted screenplay. And uh, I haven't seen Women Talking yet. I am going to see it this weekend. But, uh, but no, Glass Onion was a great movie. It was hilarious. And I thought it was just as good as the first film. Yeah, but when I'm looking at adapted, I saw that one. Yeah. When I'm looking at adapted screenplay, I think that one should be right behind Women Talking too. Uh, it's currently third, but again, minus 2,000. If it does hit, you're going to get a pretty good return on it. So um, more or less, like uh, those are really like the two that stood out to me. Um, I did mention all the, you're going to make money on all the, not quite, but they've fallen out of favor favorites like Kate Blanchett and Austin, like I said. But, uh, but no. If you got some, if you got some spare money rolling around, and do you want to take the gamble on it? I think the fa betting on the Fablemans for the upset for Best Picture and Glass Onion for Best uh, Original Screenplay are two really great long shots. Sounds good. You know what? You bring you bring up movies, and I've been watching. My wife turned on Dairy Girls again, which is a great show if you haven't seen it. But it brings it brings up the mind the episode that just came up. Now, Dan, you've seen Usual Suspects, right? Yeah. And Eric, have you seen The Usual Suspects? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. So, okay, so Dairy Girls is this, it takes place in Northern Ireland during the 90s when the Protestants and the Catholics were, like, fighting over the land and stuff like that. And so it's about these teenage girls, you know, growing up in this area during that time. They go to an all-Catholic girls' school and also their parents, you know, are sort of like, you know, they're poor. They're not dead broke, but they're, you know, they're sort of like struggling to make ends meet with some of the jobs that they do. But anyway, the parents, they go to see the usual suspects in the theater, right? And halfway through the movie, uh, they have a bomb threat. So they have to leave halfway through the movie. The very next day, they want to go back and see the film, but it's been taken out of the theater, and they're all going nuts about who is Kaiser Sose. They're just like, who's Kaiser Sose? 
who is he? I don't know. We got to find out. And they're like, they can't go see the movie. So I just oh. thought, since we're talking about movies and just a great movie reference and just how funny that is. Like, my wife didn't get the joke because she's not the usual, she's never seen the usual suspects. But I was just cracking up as they're trying to figure out who Kaiser Soze is. And they don't get the satisfaction of knowing by watching the movie because it's been taken out of the theater. God, what a horrible! Oh, that would be so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's so that's so funny though. <laughs> that is like I thought that was a brilliant use of the time period and everything like that. So, oh, that is. Um, <laughs> God, I, I need to check that out now. Um, but anyway, yeah, those are our long shots, uh, everybody. If you do, if you do care about the Oscars, I know we're a sports podcast, but I love movies just as much as sports, and I just wanted to I wanted to put those out there since uh, I can actually bet on them. Um, <laughs> but I think with that, this has been an awesome uh, season premiere for us. This has been uh, a nice dive into free agency. Um, we're we're going to have a lot to unpack this. Uh, we're going to have a lot to unpack once, uh, well, we've already said a couple of them. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of contracts to talk about when we come back next. Uh, but until then, James, tell everybody where they can reach out to us uh, in the meantime. All right, guys. So if you want to reach out to us on social media, you can check us out on Twitter at Niner Nuts or um, Facebook at Niner Nuts as well. If you like our show and you you want to give us a five star rating, please give us a five star rating. Whatever you do, follow, subscribe, auto download, do whatever you want. That really helps us out, guys. If you uh, give a five star rating and can't write a review because you're not on Apple Music and you want to write us, you're going to email us at 49ernuts at gmail.com that's 49 or nuts at gmail.com if you want to follow us on patreon you just go to patreon backslash niner nuts uh you can follow us there um five dollars gets you instant access to the show um if you want uh our apparel which we have some apparel for you to sell and currently all the proceeds from our apparel go to dc human trafficking recovery centers until dan snyder actually sells the commanders uh, you can go to, you just Google Niner Nuts Apparel, go to the bonfire.com uh, uh, link, and you will see all our apparel. We got some great shirts on there uh, for you to buy. Like I said, all proceeds go to DC Human Trafficking Recovery Centers. Um, that's it for me, Dan. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I'm actually uh, going to pull up uh, Roto World just because, all right. I need to stop calling it Roto World. I don't think I ever will, though. Uh, just to double check and make sure um, if anything else happens uh, besides uh, Geno Smith. If I didn't, oh, say I didn't. I just looked at ESPN a second ago. I didn't see anything, Dan. So, okay. so are we at tampering time right now? Because I don't even know. Like, I'm off. Like, <laughs> this is Twitter. the. I believe this is the legal tampering window that we're in right now. <laughs> so we're so yeah. Today's Monday, so the legal tampering is going on. So yeah. The only other thing, uh, we didn't say that Josh Jacobs got franchise tagged. Tony Pollard got franchise tagged. Um, it doesn't Why would you look... franchise tag a running back? That's, that's why Jerry's a bad GM. Yeah. Evan Ingram that's... got franchise tagged, too. The Jaguars tight end. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm reading all these in real time. Uh, they're not going to franchise tag Orlando Brown, so that's going to be interesting for the Chiefs. Um, There'll be a bunch outside more Outside of that, there. no... <laughs> Um, I don't know. There's a little something about just 
the Giants are just now trying to talk to both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Thank God we're not in a situation like that where the franchise tag was on the table for two players of that caliber. Jesus. Yeah. Well, but Jerry, come on. Can we talk about Jerry franchising, tagging a running back? <laughs> like, that is the dumbest move ever. Yeah. Like, Dan might make you put that in a different show, James. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, your, man. The, like, the, your we, producer partner is going to cut you off. <laughs> like, like that's just, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's... Oh no, it's all, oh no, it's all good. I, <laughs> it's worth it's worth the ridicule. I think it's you're taking such a gamble when you franchise tag a running back. I just, yeah, I don't know. We can save that for the another podcast though, uh, guys. This has been awesome. Uh, like I said, I just, I don't know. We'll we're gonna have way more to unload than me just scrolling through Roto World right now. Um, <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's no one to, to beat next week. Uh, so go free agency, I guess. <laughs> yeah, go free agency. Hey, guys, thank you a lot for having me on the show again. I really enjoyed our time. Thank you for letting me float my crazy Lamar Jackson theory out there. Um, you know, whether or not it comes true or not, it's at least fun to talk about at a time like this. And uh, I just really appreciate the time and being able to be on with you guys again and chop it up about the Niners. It's always a great time, and, and I have a blast doing it. So I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks. So can't thank you enough. Well, Dude, it's you're always you're always welcome. We love having you on, on here. Yeah, yeah. C- keep coming with those hot takes. You know, we love them. <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with more as free agency and the draft come along. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, that's it for our show. Outro Ruzik River Road by Justin Muth. Go free agency. We'll see you next time. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long.